Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And Andrew Brown kicking uh, things off with mobile rolling today. Chris Barsby will be along shortly. So uh, to kick off uh, this uh, morning's edition, let's go across to New Zealand. man with all latest news, of course, is Michael Guerin. He's been good enough to join me this morning. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good morning, Andrew. I am well, thank you. I hope your listeners are well too, as we have a very busy week in New Zealand with lots of racing of both codes and also sales week for the standard breads. All right, well, let's kick off with the sales for the standard breads and the uh, report on the Auckland sale. Massive, absolutely yeah. massive. Biggest sale ever conducted in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, last year's average was just over $50,000, which is a record for any harness racing sale in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, this year, they blew it out of the water by 20 3% Andrew. So the average at Karaka on Sunday, this is for a standard bread sale. These are harness horses, $61,500, which is only just under half of the average at the Karaka galloping sales last year at $123,000. Uh, it's a mammoth result. Just 15 years ago, 10 years ago, the average at the sales for any standard bread sale at 20000 was a lot of money. But $61,500, a staggering result and a huge, huge increase on last year, considering, of course, none of our Australian friends could be on the ground because of COVID restrictions. Some of the highlights, who are some of the big spenders? Steve Stockman was the biggest spender. He is the boss of Stonewall Stud. Now, Stonewall Stud has Steve Telfer and his sister Amanda as their number one trainers. Uh, he spent $1.3 million on 13 lots. He has also purchased a Cooter's sister today at the sales coming out of uh, Christchurch, where the sales continue for $150,000. So he spent $1.5 million already on 14 yearlings. And he's, uh, he's become a huge, huge player. Stonewall start have a palatial a training complex on the southern border of Auckland. And I would suggest inside two or three years, they will win a premiership. They will win the New Zealand premiership, which is incredibly hard to do. Only three trainers have won the New Zealand premiership in the last 15 years. I think Steve Telfanair has the equine ammunition to do so. Oh, OK. Uh, also, uh, Lincoln Farms and Brett Mangos. At Lincoln Farms purchased, well, they bought four lots. Uh, they put, paid $140,000 for a down-by-the-seaside horse, a beautiful-looking horse, and down-by-the-seaside sold very well for a stallion who doesn't have horses on the ground here just yet. Mango bought a couple. Um, he wasn't overly busy. He tends to buy for Perth clients, so there'll be people in Perth eventually getting those horses. Mango gets them up and runs okay. them early and then passes them on. And, and Mark Purden was buying, but, but more his owners signed for him, so the Kennards... Gene Feast, those people signed for those horses for Mark. Mark specked on a $45,000 filly. And, uh, and Barry Purden didn't buy a lot on Sunday. He tends to buy a lot more in Christchurch. And, in fact, went to the Trotters sale in Christchurch yesterday, Andrew, and paid $110,000 for the top trotting lot. So Barry and Scott feel an active yesterday after having a, a quieter Sunday. Is that normal, though, Barry, to be a bit quiet during the Auckland sale? Uh, 
he hasn't bought enormously at Caracas in the last couple of years. The Caracas sale can be slightly overpriced, one would say. It is the the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And, and Barry's very selective about what he buys. He's not a throw-the-money-round type buyer. He's He likes what he likes, and he has purchased heavily at Christchurch in the last couple of years. So the fact that he was shelling at 110 for a trotty yesterday, I would suggest there's money there. But when you've been doing it as long as Big Bar has, you, you don't tend to get fooled into the hype. Not saying there was too much hype on Sunday because there was some beautiful stock there. And we have very current families going through Karaka, a lot of modern blood and not so much relying on results of 10 or 20 years ago. And, and that's very much the way the harness racing sales are going. OK. Any Australian interest? I think Tumby Park might have uh, nabbed one or two or so. Uh, yeah, and, and also uh, one of the hard things to work out with the harness racing sales is a lot of people don't sign for them themselves. Okay. Their trainers will sign for them, and then the horse will be trained in New Zealand for a year and then goes across. So someone like Gavin Smith, who trains for Tumby, uh, he purchased a couple of horses, um, a half to or a full to Spanish Armada. So they sign for horses, but it's slightly different from the gallops. And the gallops, because of the agents and because of um, the big numbers involved, and also the commercial positivity of having your name next to horses. When Coolmore signed for a horse, Coolmore signed for it, and everybody knows Coolmore bought it type thing. Yes. Yeah, at, the, at the harness racing sales, often Gavin Smith will buy a horse for 50 grand, Tumby will pay for it down the line, and it, it's not, there's not the same uh, importance on being seen to be doing the right thing by your stallions that you might get for an arrow field or, or some of those big galloping studs. So it's a slightly more complex web trying to work out who exactly is doing what. All right. So, uh, and Christchurch continuing. Uh, just uh, did you see uh, Krug on uh, Saturday night, Menangle? He's a little bit concerned, a finishing runner up. Look, I thought he over raced too much. Um, he's a funny horse, Krug. He's had a lot of racing, and because he's had a lot of racing, he gets very racy. So they put the pull-down blinds on and they take them off, and I think that is trying to trick him into keeping on top of his game. I wasn't overly disappointed by it. If I took a dollar sixty-five, I would have been. But mm. um, yeah, I think there'd be far bigger concerns for the Victorian Act now, who arrived there with a big reputation, and there were some doubts um, voiced in the media about the quality of the three-year-olds he beat at the back end of last year. Um, and that was proven to be correct. So he was the horse who didn't even make the chariots of fire final. Kruger's in that final. He's got a good barrier draw, but it's a very even chariots field. And the first burn, that first 400 metres, depending on whether that's a 25-5 or a 27-5, may well, well be the winning of the race, Andrew. So would it be too concerned on Krug? Um, he's in the race, and he's got a good barrier draw, whereas... The horse who beat him the other night actually has to start from the outside of the front line, which won't be a lot of fun. And uh, just before I leave you, just we'll change codes momentarily because it was a big racing at Tarapa on the weekend, uh, Thoroughbred Wise and Cobertino back to her best. And of course, had the great battle again between Levante and Entrevier. Yeah, Cobertino both heading your way, going to Queensland. She was there last year, but she was outpaced in the 1,400 to 1,600 metre races and got too far out of her ground. Um, now she's won at 2,000 metres at Group 1 level. She'll come back across there and be set for the Hollandale and then the, the Doombin Cup. Now, they're not easy targets. I think everybody's aware of that. They saw Zaki last year, but she'll head over there. Robbie Patterson's a very close friend with Samantha Collett who is domiciled in Queensland these days, and he said, we can't wait to get over there. Give Sam the horse back. She used to be the regular rider for Coventina Bay, and um, that'll be a nice winter bonus for her. But, yep, that was uh, one of the group ones at Tarapa. The other one, Levante, 
had tactical advantage but was still too good for Andre Villiers over 1,400 metres. Andre Villiers heads to the paddock and she is also coming to Queensland. So the idea for her is the Queensland Winter Carnival. So two of the best. Oh, unfortunately, we might have uh, lost uh, Mick there. Back with us? No. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's losing uh, Mick Guerin there in uh, New Zealand. And make sure you check out those prices with Tad. Those markets are going up for all of those features coming through at Sydney, including the Chariots of Fire. Let's focus from last Saturday night. Strong response. Oh, I've got to ask the question, is there a horse going better in Queensland right now than this guy? Only one defeat so far in 2022, and that came at the hands of a whole lot of Rosie, but he was super again taking out a race number five there on Saturday night. The man that puts the polish on strong response is Ben Battle, and he joins us now. Ben, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me. He's absolutely airborne. You've got him firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah, no, he, he just keeps sort of stepping up um, from, from week to week and from run to run, this guy. So, um, you know, hopefully he can, he can keep stepping up every time he's asked to. Has he surprised you, though, the way he's been able to turn himself around? He, he showed ability, there's no doubt about it. But right now, in 2022, he's just gone to a new level. Yeah, definitely, Chris. We, we sort of had a bit of a, a rough prep with him um, last prep. I actually bought this guy. It's uh, got a bit of a, a private bloodstock agent down south that's always got his eye out for um, for nice horses. So we, he found this guy for us, you know, some, some 12 months ago or more. And um, it's a, a new syndicate, um, you know, a couple of new owners and, and the syndicate manager, Mitch Cox, you know, he does a good job with his syndicates. They sort of um, you know, aimed up and bought him with, you know, he didn't have the, the most brilliant record and he sort of had a few manner issues and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, he definitely showed his, his fair share of ability, you know, last year when he had his first prep up here. But he, he actually got um, quite sick on us at, at the back end of that prep. And, um, you know, I think he was probably battling that bit of an illness for a bit longer than, than what we really realised, um, you know, considering the way he's come back from, from a spell this time in. Okay, on Saturday night, that was a good test because he's been going well at the midweeks, but he stepped up the Saturday night standard and he was faced with a really bad draw. The outside of the second row, over 2,138 metres, but Nathan Dawson, who's been with this guy in his past couple, he drove him aggressively, but he drove him confidently, and then he was in front with a lap left to run. So your confidence levels must have been sky high there once he was able to find the front. Yeah, definitely, Chris. We were sort of... You know, we're, we're, you know, excited to see how he, he'd make the step up to Saturday night grade, you know, last week. Like, his last couple of runs, he, he probably couldn't have been more impressive. But, um, you know, he sort of found the front quite easily in both of them occasions and, and just, you know, reeled off a nice closing half to, um, you know, to put his opposition away. But he, he sort of had everything, you know, everything to overcome on Saturday night. And, um, you know, credit to him, he, he sort of stepped up when he was asked to and, yeah, Nathan's doing a great job, you know, driving this guy and sort of teaching him how to race. So, yeah, it was a, it was a big effort for him on Saturday night. We were real pleased with him. He's got go straights or the spreaders on. Is he is he likely to shake them or has he got them for life? Um, I, I sort of had a bit of a think about it the other day whether we could try and get them off him. But um, you know, as as a lot of people probably saw last preparation, he, he you know. He, he could get rough. He sort of goes both shins and and can you know get into get into his outside knee and his inside knee really. So um, you know he's probably going to have to keep them on. I'd say throughout his career, especially now that he's he's got a bit of confidence under his belt and he's pacing so well, we probably don't want to go changing too much gear at this stage. 
Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Now, his breeding, he's by a rock and roll dance who's a great sire, and he's out of Donna Kelly. So is that the, the, the Kelly family from, from Bernie and Di Kelly down south? No, it's not. A, it's actually a, a, a broodmare owned um, by the, the president of the Golden Harness Racing Club, Mark Croata. Um, you know, he's got a couple of nice broodmares down there and he, he's got all the rest of the family, um, you know, the brothers to, to this guy. And um, yeah, he, he sort of put him on, didn't put him on the market, but, um, you know, we were able to, to know that he was, he was up for sale, you know, prior to, prior to anyone else knowing. And we sort of snaffled him at the chance, you know, that he showed some ability this horse. So, um, yeah, no, he, he's not out of the, the famous um, Kelly family from the Riverina, but he, he's out of a strong enough old family that, um, yeah, you know that his mother's thrown a, a couple of nice foals, and her half sister's thrown a couple as well. So, yeah, there's there's a bit of breeding behind the family. Okay, what are we aiming for next with this guy? Strong response. Is there anything coming up? Um, I haven't sort of got anything too too close on on the horizon, Chris. We're, we're probably just um, probably actually stepping back uh, back to a Tuesday or a Friday midweek race, and and just let him sort of. Uh, push his way through the grades if he's able to, and and then uh, hopefully we can get him through and and attack a few Saturday night races there on after. Okay. The other winner for your stable across the weekend was a newcomer, Jack Awali, a former Kiwi. He looked really good. Only won by a, a very slender margin, a nose margin, bare as possible. But there's there's plenty to like about this guy by the look of it. Um. Yeah. We're we're um. Pleased with his run again on Friday. Chris, he'd only had the one light trial um, since joining the stable from the South Island, New Zealand. And, um, you know, he's only having his, his sixth start in a race on, on Friday and, and first up for about five months, I think. So, um, you know, he'd he done a good job to overcome the overcome the average draw and, and, you know, had to do it pretty tough during the run. So, yeah, there was plenty to like about that win. He's also by a rock and roll dance, so you don't mind these, eh? Yeah, I've had a bit of luck with the rock and roll dancers, actually, Chris. I, I, I really like them. I reckon they, uh, he's a very underrated stallion, you know, going around rock and roll dance. Okay, and they're tough as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. They they seem to be able to do it both ways. You know, they've got, got a bit of speed and, and, and pretty resilient as well. So it, you always sort of like a horse that, that can make their own luck in running. Okay, any plans for him going forward? Um, not Not anything sort of setting concrete Chris or just sort of um you know keep keep pushing him through his grades and um you know if, if he can keep keep stepping up well we we might look um towards a couple of those races during the constellation series but you know he'd have to he'd really have to keep keep going ahead and leaps and bounds to be um to be looking at those okay stables in grade form you're second on the premiership right now behind uh, Grant Dixon so uh I'm pretty sure you'd be happy with that yeah, no, definitely, Chris. It's been a, um, you know, a start to the season that probably we weren't even expecting, you know, that we'd be able to have. a sort of got a nice group of horses probably going around on the right mark at the moment. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's definitely been, you know, some pleasing results, you know, the first sort of two months of the season, definitely. Okay, no racing today, but you've got runners Wednesday night, Thursday? Yeah, got a couple in uh, later on this week. Um, yeah, sort of a bit of a quieter week with a, a few of those guys that went around on Saturday night, Call Me Keith and, and Strong Response and them sort of horses that having a bit of a lighter week um, off the back of some, some tough racing and some nice runs, so we'll give them a bit of a bit of a freshen up and then and then look to go forward with, with them guys And just quickly, were you happy with Call Me Keith? Um, yeah, we're ecstatic with the run he, he, um, you know, that was, I think 
um, you know, having about his, his over his, he's had over 30 starts, but um, that was actually the first time he's ever raced under lights on, on Saturday night. So he, he stepped up to the occasion against some, you know, some real nice opposition and, um, yeah, we, we were really pleased we were wrapped with the run the way he pulled up from it. We couldn't have been happier with him. Yeah, he's a nice horse, no doubt about it. Well, you've got the team flying. Job well done there across the weekend. A winner on Friday afternoon with Jack and Wally and strong response is going absolutely super right now. A dominant winner there on Saturday night, overcoming a really bad draw. Job well done. We'll see you trackside. Good on you, Chris. Thanks, mate. Well, our man every Tuesday joins us, Racetrack Ralphie, hoping to steer us into a winner or two to be found here at this nine-race program at Albion Park, and he's online with us now. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. What have you come up with? What is your best bet today? I think we're going to go with race seven, number one, so Bob's your uncle. You're not going to see a win in his form line, but this pace, he's, he's really in superlative form at the moment, uh, and he backs up from Saturday night where he produced another ex- excellent effort. He uh, he ran fifth behind the informed crooner in Soho Sinatra, and that was in a fairly solid time as well. And, and that event, it was a loaded event. There was plenty of good horses in that one. Uh, today, this race looks uh, very suitable. It, it matched kindly for him, and uh, he lacks nothing in his fitness levels. So we're going all in here today. It's a leg of the double, the treble and the quaddy. So, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> right. So, race seven, number one. So, Bob's your uncle. You're right. Uh, that was a really strong race that he uh, contested there on Saturday night. And he performed really well again. So, if that form's going to stack up, uh, it, it should bode well for him today. So, race seven, number one. So, Bob's your uncle, the best bet. And as you said, that, that crooner, he's absolutely flying right now. Soho Sinatra. So, that's, that's really strong form. Yeah, Donnie Smith's got that horse going along very, very nicely. So, uh, yeah, finishing in behind him on there on Saturday night, it stacks him up well for this today. Well, we just spoke with Ben Battle. I think strong response is probably the inform runner, but Soho Sinatra, you've just uh, triggered the uh, the memory for me. So uh, it's probably a, a, a dead heat result there between uh, strong response and Soho Sinatra. Who's going better? Yeah, well, right down the line, I think. Right down the line. Too close to call. Yep, absolutely. So race seven, number one. So Bob's your uncle. That's our best bet today. And uh, as Ralphie just outlined, that's a uh, the last leg of the, uh, the the double. It's the uh, the second leg of the treble, and it's the third leg of the quaddy. So if you want to stand one out, that's us today. Race seven, number one. So Ralphie, you've given us the good oil. Hopefully, it uh, it all plays out the way it should be, and uh, we should be on the right side of the ledger. I'm sure we will be, Chris. Good man. We'll see you trackside later today. Okay. Thanks, Chris. There's Racetrack Ralphie joining us. So uh, race seven, number one, the best bet. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, those markets are coming through now for all of the features at Menangle on Saturday night, Chariots of Fire race night. Don't forget Newcastle Friday night. It's Newcastle mile night as well. And that is going to be a ripper. We get to see the rematch between the Inter-Dominion Quinella from uh, late last year with uh, Bonsell Benjamin first up going up against Expensive Ego. So that is going to be an absolute ripper on Friday night. And that market should be coming through as well. That is mobile rolling for today. We'll have a lot more news coming through tomorrow.